you know, our horses are athletes and we expect them to, to perform their best for us. We should at least be able to be fit enough to help them do the job. So as riders, you have to be somewhat fit, I believe. Um, you know, you don't have to look a certain way or be a size two, but you physically should be in some sort of good, good health and, and good shape. There is a depth and a breadth to our lives that largely goes unexplored. As an equestrian life mindset coach and host of this podcast, I am here to lead you on that exploration. Deep conversations covering topics in and out of the show ring with industry leaders and unsung heroes alike sharing their stories and what makes their journey unique but relatable at the same time. We all have stories to share and lessons to trade, something we've learned from a horse or from each other. So relax and be ready to listen with more than just your ears. I'm Tracy Mitchell. Welcome to Hitting Your Stride. Hello, everyone, and a big welcome back to this, the latest episode of Hitting Your Stride. I love to talk about business. I love talking to other people who have their own business, no matter what service or product they offer, because at some point, everyone who is a business owner, self-employed or an entrepreneur, however you want to put it, we all ultimately have the same questions along the way. Anyone in business for themselves knows what it's like to have long days that often includes trying to fine tune their time management skills. Such questions arise about promotion, how to monetize your business so you yourself can make a living. And more often than not, at the end of a long day, we have all asked ourselves, have I made the right decision getting into business for myself? Starting a business as a rider trainer in the equestrian industry is no different. And today I have with me a wonderful example of someone who is doing just that. Taking the time to join me today is Sarah Long of Sarah Long Equestrian. Her journey with horses started when she was 10 years old and weekly lessons quickly grew into getting into the show ring. That that passion has led her from winning pony equitation finals to competing in the Grand Prix ring and now owning her own business. So welcome Sarah. And as a way of kicking this conversation off, can you tell us about that moment you decided that being your own boss was what you wanted? Hi, Tracy. Thank you so much for having me today. Oh, you're Looking very welcome. To this. For me, it wasn't necessarily like an aha moment. Um, I had been working for Mark Hayes at Kestrel Farms, managing for him the year prior to the year that we started over at Stonecroft. That's the name of the facility that I'm currently running out of at the moment. Um, we kind of transitioned into my own business by, you know, Mark advising me and pushing me into taking a handful of clients that were left up from the old farm and, you know, taking the ones that he thought that I could progress with and, and learn from as he kind of took a little bit of a step back from running his own farm. He's still very much involved with teaching, but he kind of wanted to, to give me the ropes a little bit as, you know, I was managing his place. So I wasn't, uh, it wasn't like a, I'm going to do this. It was kind of like 
Mark advising me to do this. And, you know, I was a little nervous at first and he kind of, you know, he's like, no, you got this. So one step led to another and, you know, here we are a couple of years later and it's been going great. That's awesome. Yeah. Isn't it kind of funny when it's not really what you had planned, but when everything just sort of seems to work itself out and something is actually presented to you, right? Yeah, there really was no plan. There, there was no plan. And, you know, he was away for the winter and I kind of took over and it, and it just kind of escalated from there. So in, in fact, it was something that you didn't expect, but it was fairly smooth because it was unassuming. It, it wasn't something big and in your face. Yeah, 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 exactly. No, it, it was good. And I took a lot of great people over with me and they made it really enjoyable. And, you know, it was fun. It was a really fun move for me. Awesome. All right. So you began riding competitively 12 years ago and you've worked your way up to the Grand Prix level. What were the key components to your rise through the ranks? Do you attribute that to natural ability, hard work, your own drive, or was there something else involved? So natural ability, yes, but hard work and drive were required in an order to obtain that level of competition for sure. Some key components I would say for me would definitely be being able to ride every day, uh, show up every day. You know, you, you can't see results overnight. You, you have to be able to spend time in the saddle. You have to be able to, to get to the barn every day and ride. You cannot get better at something if you don't practice it. It, it kind of goes like, you know, for someone who doesn't ride, let's say you're going to the gym, you're not going to see results in a week. You're going to see progression over a longer period of time. So definitely being able to have the opportunity to ride and get in the saddle every day will definitely, you know, progress you along a lot further. Um, staying consistent, having a good coach, having someone that can push you, you know, you can do this, you've got this, having a good mentor, a lot of support from your friends and family is super, super important. I've had, you know, both of my parents help me along the way, as well as, you know, my close friends. I got together with one of my friends at Christmas and every time I see him, he's like, how are the horses? How are the horses? You know, you're the one girl from high school that, you know, found what she loved to do and she stuck with it and she didn't change her career path three times or change her education. Like, and he said, you know, I'm proud of you. So, you know, your friends really recognize that as well. Um, you know, having a good relationship with your partner who, who knows that that's your passion and they can support you. So having that support from friends and family is, is super important. Yes, always, always been, you know, active in sports right from the beginning. I did gymnastics and figure skating and dance and ballet and all, and all that. And you know, as I kind of got a little bit older, it kind of went into horses and then I did a little bit of everything. And then my parents were like, okay, can you please just pick one that you love? Because <laughs> we can't do it all. So, you know, riding really kind of took off for me. That's awesome. Uh, that was definitely my love. And, and I love the fact too, like one of the things I love working on with, with my individual clients is mindset. And some of them need that adjustment of trying to figure out the growth mindset and the fact that 
you have the natural ability, but you have that mindset that, like you said, right off the bat, you push yourself, you've got to be consistent, you put in the time, you, you know, you experience some of those tough moments, but on the other side, there's growth, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good for you. Okay. Awesome. So you've said that further development in this sport is something that you want. What does that mean to you? And what do you think that looks like? To me, that kind of means, you know, being able to learn and then apply that knowledge that I learned to my students and my horses, um, being able to a ride new horses, let's say, go to a new show venue or go teach a, or excuse me, learn from a new clinician at a, at a different venue and, and, you know, take in what they have to say, you know, watching those top riders compete on live stream in Wellington or in Europe, those big FEI classes for me, all like all those things is different education for myself. And then I take that knowledge and apply it to my horses that are in my barn or my students that I have. So that that for me is is development alone just being able to branch off and and look at look at different things that's awesome and how do you find the time how do you find the time to follow up okay yeah you have to you have to you know horse care is you know 6 37 in the morning until five o'clock at night and sometimes you got to go back and do night check you have to find the time but the people who are dedicated to the sport will make the time. Nice. Nice. So, and you know what, I can't remember what they say. Your success is based on the five people that you spend the most time around, right? So in that time that you have, you have outside of the barn, or if you're, you know, you're constantly focused on, on watching that live stream from those shows, you know, like we can't be there directly, but you're Mm -hmm. putting yourself in alignment with learning from the great ones that you're watching. And, you know, someone like Mark is wonderful to have in your, you know, in your corner. And we'll talk about that a little bit later, but uh, yeah, you've got to constantly expose yourself to things that are going to encourage that development. You got to make the time. Like, even if you're at the horse show and you got, you know, five or six horses back in the barn area to put away, but you hear on the announcement that the Grand Prix is starting, you know, you make the time to hop in the golf cart and go down to the ring and sit there and watch. You do, you have to watch, you know, you sit in the the warm-up rings and you watch how they warm up the horses and you watch the way they school. And, you know, you take, you listen to who's training and you take that because every horse is different and every trainer trains a little bit differently. And, you know, you, you really can learn from everyone. That's awesome. That's very good. Who do you trust more? yourself and your ability or the relationship you have with the horse can you give no sorry can you have one side of that equation and not the other Hmm, this one was tricky actually I had I had to think about this one for a while I definitely would never swing my leg over a horse's back if I didn't think that I was capable of riding them uh so safety is for sure comes into play in that a little bit Um, I believe that having a trusting relationship with your horse is super important, uh, especially with some of my horses in my own barn. I have a huge advantage with trust because I'm the primary caregiver. I feed them. I put their blankets on. I pick their feet out. I'm the one walking them to the paddocks. And, you know, I really 
I do like to think I spend the most time with all of them in a day. So they kind of get to know me personally. Yes, they love their humans and they want human interaction. But sometimes when I'm the one riding them, I feel like I have a little bit more of an advantage. Like, so I feel like that for sure is, is trusting with the horse. Okay. Some of, yeah, I, I talked about sensitivity a little bit as well. Some are more sensitive than others. Yeah. You kind of stumped me on that question a little bit, Tracy. <laughs> well, I, I think you've done a very good job at answering it. And the fact that, like you said, you're the one that the horse sees every day, first thing in the morning, yeah. generally last thing at night. Right. Yeah. And you know, I guess too another question, because I love the way you answered that. And you are, you know, they love their people. Absolutely. But you're their go-to for all of their needs. Do you think that as you grow as a professional and the busier you get, is that going to be a must have in some way, shape or form for you having some sort of a, a connection with all of these horses? Yeah, you, you have to, I mean, like you said, you can't, sometimes you can't be the one to feed them or the one to take them out. You know, you have help, you, you have staff that, that do that, but hopefully they learn from the way that you treat your horses and that carries on through your staff and it kind of goes, goes that way a little bit, but yeah, having a trusting relationship is, is really beneficial to your riding and your connection with your horse. Good. Okay. And yes, you are known for your ability to ride any kind of horse. What kind of ride is your preference? Is there a particular situation that taught you something that you can share with us? First of all, I love all the horses that I have the opportunity to ride. I'll just start by saying that they're all special and unique in their own way. But I would definitely say my preference leads towards the jumper ring. The jumpers and if I were to specifically say between a gelding or a mare I would actually say a mare believe yeah. it or not um, I've had my fair share of both but I feel like uh, a jumper mare with a little bit of blood so lots of energy a horse that kind of carry carries you to the fences shows that they're a little bold super brave obviously everybody who rides the jumpers you want them to be fast you want them to be careful but something that shows that they really want to go out there and please every time for you is is a huge trait that I look for in one of my horses nice one thing that I've learned by riding different types of horses would be that it only makes you a better rider you know you can have multiple horses in a class and you know people pick, oh, which one do you want to do first? And, you know, I usually let the owners pick, like you never want to pick a favorite, but sometimes you want to go in with the one that is the bravest. So, you know, you know, which fences are spooky or, you know, it, it, it kind of depends, but uh, definitely a, a brave, quick, careful horse is definitely okay. something that I prefer. Cool. And is there a particular situation where something taught you there that there was a lesson you learned in dealing with one of these horses I can't say there's a particular situation no what about a surprise did one of them surprise you and and how you got out of it or got into it or something that was a challenge that you worked through that that kind of taught you something I don't think I got one here for you Tracy <laughs> 
Okay. How about, I don't think I have a specific, I'm, you know, I'm sitting here like running through courses in my head and there's just too many. Okay. Um, how, how about this one horse that you and I both love because, you know, I massage horses in your barn <laughs> and yes. one of my faves and one of your boys is McGuire. Yeah. And so can you share with us a moment that like, let's say the two of you, like you felt like, oh my God, we're a team. Like, was there a moment where it totally just, yeah. yeah. There was a class this summer and it was like a torrential downpour. And there was probably, you know, 25 in the class. I think there was five scratches because of the weather. You know, we're all dressed up down to go ready in the hitching ring, ready to go. Everyone's walked the course. And I'm like, oh my God, do I scratch or do I jump? And my gut just said, just jump, just do it. And the horse literally was fantastic. We finished with one time fault. And I honestly never could have been more proud of him or myself, to be honest. It was like the best day. Wow. So that's all. It was just trust. I just trusted him that he would go around and take care of me. Aw, he was a special boy. Yes. That's awesome. All right. So your greatest joy is learning. I have observed that as you and I have known each other, you're very focused and, you know, wanting to, to learn more and, and, and achieve more. And, and what, what have you learned that changed how you look at yourself in relation to both your personal and professional lives? Ooh, this one. Okay. So definitely time management skills. For sure. That's a big one. Being able to balance both. I'd say 90% of my day is at the farm or work-related things. And I definitely have made the time for personal relationships. It's hard, but having a partner who, you know, supports you and understands the business, um, being young and being an entrepreneur is hard and, you know, having all those focuses. So someone who can really understand that was great to have. And also I touched on this a little bit earlier in another question already, but being able to surround yourself with people who support you and the demands of the industry, right. You know, who kind of really understand it. So again, you know, friends, family, and again, your partner. Yeah. So the time management in both your personal and your professional is something that. Yeah. Being able to balance both. Yeah. Okay. And do you feel at so far that you're, you've got a fairly good balance? I think so. I mean, my schedule is pretty much the same every day. Um, You know, we finish at five or five 30, come home and have dinner. And, you know, I, I go to the gym a lot. We'll touch a little bit on that as well, but I have a very routine schedule. So there's not really a lot of surprises with me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Consistency is a wonderful thing. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, it's very much the same. (laughs) Awesome. Do, Do you do a lot of just to sort of go a little bit more with the personal growth or the personal development? Do you, do you like to do any reading or, you know, anything that sort of helps Sarah grow along the way? Or what do you do for yourself to help you as you're going through this growth curve? I would definitely 
learn from others, like go, you know, we're, we're in the middle of a winter season in Wellington right now, you know, spend the time and go, go and watch, go and learn, go put the live stream on, go follow the results and see who's jumping where. And so I started going to the gym and doing weight training and core strength and, you know, all of these things that I could apply to my riding by doing it in the gym. And it kind of escalated from there. I mean, that this is a very long period of time we're talking about now we're talking 10 plus years but it became you know a lifestyle it wasn't necessarily okay I have to get stronger to ride this horse it just became a routine something that you have to fit into your schedule you know it doesn't have to be every day but again being consistent um throughout the pandemic I would say everyone's had some struggles with fitness, you know, having some of the gyms closed down and not being able to see other people and, you know, trainers, training people, it it became a little bit difficult. I was very fortunate enough to have a close friend of mine, let me work out in his gym. So I was, I've been able to do that, um, which has been super, but most of that is in the evenings after, you know, after barn hours, after dinner, you know, sometimes when you sit down on the couch, it's hard to get up and get going again at eight or nine o'clock at night. Um, so it, it, it's tough, but it's mental. There's some days where I'm so tired or, you know, my knee is sore or my back hurts a little bit and I'll just mentally still go in the car, drive to the gym, go on the treadmill for 20 minutes and walk or stretch or do something because that also mentally for me is good for me just to, you know, take a breath. It's not necessarily physical, exhausting workouts. It can be also for my mind as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love, I love the fact that you mentioned like just move and, and that is, isn't that, isn't that the biggest the biggest hurdle to get over is your mind going, okay, you're right. I just finished a very long day, whether you've been in an office for eight or nine hours or whether you've already been outside in cold, frigid weather. And then at the end of the day, who wants to go do that? I know that is so challenging. Um, So do you find that as you're developing as a professional that your students and your clients maybe look to you for some guidance in this? Like, yeah, absolutely. There's a ton of girls that actually ask me all the time, um, you know, what can I do to keep my lower leg nice and still, or how can I keep my upper body straighter over the fences? And, you know, my horse, I feel like my horse is pulling me, you know, how can I strengthen my body and my core to, you know, help him. And, you know, our horses are athletes and we expect them to, to perform their best for us. We should at least be able to be fit enough to help them do the job. So as riders, you have to be somewhat fit. I believe, um, you know, you don't have to look a certain way or be a size two, but you physically should be in some sort of good, good health and, and good shape. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can definitely attest to that from, you know, the massage therapist point of view, you know, like a horse is going to be at its best when its rider is able to respond to its athleticism. Um, Otherwise, imbalances develop in the horse, etc. So that's absolutely. And, you know, like, like you said, they don't have to be a size two. Everybody has a different 
you know, their different um, strengths and weaknesses within their own body. It's just a matter of recognizing that, getting to know yeah. your own body, and then finding out what works best for you. So you love lifting weight. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Um, yeah. It, it just grew on me. And, you know, once you see results, you're kind of like, oh, what else can I do? And how can I progress? And yeah, I've gone up and down too with my strength and, you know, you just, you just have to stay consistent and keep going at it and, and not give up. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. I know. I, I love lifting the weights, flipping some tires is the best way to, Yeah, <laughs> but even if no, but even if you've had a bad day, you can go to the gym and end on a good note. There's so many times where I'm like, I'm not going to go tonight. I'm not, I'm going to cancel. I'm going to tell them I'm not coming. And then I go and feel so much better. Awesome. It's, awesome. you know, it's, it's therapy. It really, it really can be. Yeah, exactly. All right. Who have been your influences in the equine industry and how have they shaped who you are becoming on your road to being a professional? I think a lot of people who are listening could take a good guess on this one, but I would definitely say Mark Hayes has been one of the biggest influences on me. We've been working together for seven years now, and I feel like most of the things that I've learned, I've learned from him, not only in riding and training, but managing and operating a farm and a business. Things like time management, uh, being independent, organizing things like staff, simple things like ordering feed and supplies, you know, going to the horse show and being responsible for entries and things like hooking up a truck and trailer, like <laughs> literally so many things like the list could go on and on. Um, you can learn something every day. <laughs> it's not just riding and training. There's, there's so many things he's taught me. So uh, that I'm thankful for. I was thinking in my head, if there was a specific female that influenced me in a way, just because, you know, male, female, we're, we're all in the industry. Yeah. And, you know, I really couldn't think of one. I really couldn't because there's so many out there and everyone has such a different learning technique and a teaching style that you could learn from everyone. And, and I, and I like to do that at the shows, uh, when I do have the opportunity to be around a lot of other professionals, the Beth and the Aaron, and, you know, you watch the top trainers and you know you just you can learn from them all and they they influence me all mm -hmm. you know you know I just I just think they're all great and you can learn something from them all awesome but, but definitely Mark has has taught me the most as I've been working alongside him in his business yeah well Mark is definitely an individual about detail and he <laughs> yes doesn't miss a thing and you know, so what a great mentor to have and, you know, someone who's so willing to share his experience with you and, you know, and honestly, what a compliment it is for you and who you are that, you know, yes, he's invested his time over the years and, you know, made that unassuming transition for you. Like, here you go. This is, I, I, I want you to take this on. That's, that's quite a compliment. Yeah, no, it, it was a, it was a big ask, but he gave me the confidence and I was happy to do it and happy to. Awesome. Do, and he's been there to, to kind of help you out in a moment of 
like what do I do or oh yeah he's a phone call away (laughs) (laughs) and he still helps you like find find your mounts find your rides and you he gives you input that way does he he does yeah no we um I'm excited for you to meet our new one awesome yeah Yeah. you guys have a good barn full of horses there (laughs) all right so this is the big one as far as business goes um that I think everybody, whether or not you're, like I said in in the intro, whether you're a a rider trainer, um, whether you're a life coach, whether, you know, anything that you're working on nowadays requires some sort of branding, something that people can recognize. Oh yeah, that's so-and-so. Branding is a big component for business these days, and you're getting started in that process. How have you found it so far? What are the biggest challenges you've encountered and how are you handling them as you venture out on your own? So with branding for me, I haven't had to do a ton of branding for myself yet. Um, I was definitely branding Castrol Farms for Mark for, for years and the clients that I took from the old Kestrel to the new Kestrel, we kind of kept it as Kestrel, but he kind of had branched off to a lot of different clients. So I kind of don't really have my own farm name yet, but I definitely have a new fresh logo that a good friend of mine had produced for me over the winter time. And I'm really excited to brand that this summer. It's really fun. It's beautiful. And yes, it's a beautiful I'm, logo. I'm definitely going to, you know, kind of brand that a little bit this summer on, you know, some saddle pads and scrims. I have some banners in the works. So that will be super fun. And I definitely think social media will be a good tool for branding because there's a lot of people that follow each other and post and share and talk and hashtag and you know social media seems to kind of be the thing to the way to advertise mm-hmm. um, I haven't had to do a ton of advertising because my barn is full uh, I'm kind of at my max right now and eventually in the future I would of course I would like to expand um, but at the time I you know, I haven't really had to do a ton of self-advertising and self-branding because I haven't really felt the need to, Mm -hmm. but I do understand how important it is to have that involved in your business. Yeah. I mean, at some point in time, you might need some assistance in, in helping to keep up your social media presence, you know, because you, it's going to be a hard thing when you're riding all these horses and all that kind of stuff to take the time to capture those moments and promote yourself because that's ultimately what you need to do but at the same point in time like you said you've got a really tough problem to have there girl your barn is full (laughs) (laughs) and yeah and no I I am and I'm busy and I and I and I like you know the number of horses that I have right now it's perfect um anymore you know of course the more horses more clients you have, the more staff you need to have and et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, it, it, it's still a little homey feeling and I'm kind of in my comfort zone, but Mm -hmm. it is, you know, I'm coming into my third year. So, you know, long-term goals for sure to expand. And with that comes more branding. Nice. And I also like, Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, that's okay. Like what I was going to say was a lot of the thing with 
the horse world, especially, yes, it's a business. Yes, you're an entrepreneur. You are self-employed. So much of the business in the horse world, as we all know, comes from referral yeah, and, and yes. reputation. So, yeah. you know, that's a really good statement on your behalf. That's great. I really like to uh, post little clips and pictures of my clients on my Facebook or on my Instagram and, you know, different exercises or different places we're going. And, you know, I think it's a little bit more personal too. And I I think a lot of the girls like that. Yeah. I mean, in order for like, it's all about you, you're trying to brand, but you are the brand. So people need to get to know Sarah. But I'm also branding my clients and their horses as well. No, (laughs) no, I am. It's true. I'm proud of them. I love them. Like, Hey, look at this. Look what's so-and-so did, or look what place so-and-so got today, or that, you know, I, I, I love doing that for them. And you know what it's that is? Fun. That's a good sign of leadership. That's a, a, a sign of good leadership. That's, yeah. that's, yeah, you're, you're, you're bringing them along and you're, you know, helping not promote them in, in a way of, you know, business and stuff, but yeah, I mean, they, they leave feeling good about themselves. They have positive results with the horses and a great relationship with you and their other barn mates. Yeah. That's the end goal. I want everyone having fun. Good. Well, it certainly looks like you're doing it. And aren't you sponsored by Triacta? I am. Yes. Yes. And how's that? uh, Pardon? They've been really good to me. Christine Kubota. She's awesome. Yep. Shout out to Christine. Yeah. She's shout awesome. out to Christine. Yes. <laughs> Triacta. All my horses are on Triacta. They feel good. Their joints are awesome. You know, they're on it year round, not just when they show yeah. it, it's just good for overall horse health. Yeah. Good. So what, what are your, what are your plans for the summer? What are your plans for the summer of 2022? Like you personally, and then share a little bit about what you've got for your clients. This summer we'll be showing on the A's again, hopefully we, you know, I have a couple, couple four-year-olds that have kind of been slowly progressing over the winter time. So I'm really excited to get those ones out into the schooling rings and, and, you know, hopefully some five-year-old classes. We, Mark and I recently have a new project we're working on it's a seven-year-old so hopefully that one can make its debut in the spring as well you know I have uh, old ones and new ones you know they're they're it's kind of a good mix right now we'll um we'll go to Ohio in March mm-hmm. so hopefully we can get down there I mean we we were supposed to go in January but with the Omicron we kind of took a step back and a lot of people were like, you know what, that's the right move. Let's just stay home. We'll wait a little bit longer and just kind of see what happens. Yeah. But we'll, we'll definitely go to Ohio and, and that should be super fun. And I think uh, Kaladin is having some shows in the spring, even okay. in April. So we'll, you know, do some schooling. You know, we go off property all the time. We've been grateful to go over to the Selkies to school. So, you know, just keeping all the horses fit and happy, jumping, you know, once or once every other week, just conditioning and maintenance. Yeah. And when you said, you know, you've got old ones and new ones, I have to say that um, one of the things I've really grown to appreciate about you as a young professional coming from someone who's been massaging horses for a, a very long time and been in a lot of barns 
you do know each and every single one of your horses very well. Every single horse that's in that barn, you know very well. And if they are older or you've had them longer, there's, there's a certain appreciation. You're very specific about their individual needs and their care. And you go out of your way to provide that for them. And um, yeah, all of your, your clients are very happy and the horses are happy. And uh, yeah, so it's always a joy to go to your place. And, um, and as a professional to another, to a new professional such as yourself, you're very good at the, the team approach as far as, you know, working together and, and stuff, which I think will um, do you well, well into the future. So I'm, you. you're very welcome. I'm excited to see. Yeah. I'm excited to see what your future holds. Yeah, it'll be quite the journey. I'm, I'm excited too. You never know what tomorrow will bring. <laughs> yep, exactly. And with a good mindset, you can handle anything. That's right. Awesome. Well, Sarah, if anybody is looking to get in touch with you, may uh, could you share with us how to do so? Definitely Facebook or Instagram, okay. Sarah Long or Sarah Long 66. Okay. You can reach out, DM me, send me a personal message, like or comment on anything that you can find of mine and I will get back to you. Okay. And do you mind if I put your email in the show notes as well for people? Sure. Okay. Yeah, sure. That's great. Well, thank you, you it, Sarah. Right? This has been uh, this has been a lot of fun, and like I said, I'm I'm excited to see where you go with all this. So there you have it. I have some great interviews lined up for future episodes, and we'll be covering some pretty interesting topics. As always, with the intent to open and engage the horse world on a wide variety of issues. So until next time, keep your eyes forward and continue to hit your stride. To stay current with hitting your stride, subscribe on my website or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. If you like what you've heard here today, make sure you share and leave a comment to help guide future episodes and widen the audience. And be sure to check out social media to keep up to date with Equestrian Elements Life Coaching.